Glad you guys are here today. Well, you're welcome. Josh said to you guys earlier, you're welcomed and you're wanted here today. And so we're glad you're here today. And we believe for all of you in this room and here today, I've, I've met some of you guys, got to shake your hands. And we want you to know this, that your best days are ahead of you. you your best days are ahead of you. A lady said to me, say, you know, life happens. And you know, it really, it does. And we believe this. Doesn't take the sting away from life happening, but we want you to know that we believe your best days are ahead of you. I see you, I walk, and I see some of you guys come and I shake your hands and hug you guys. And I just want you to know that, man, I just, I, greatness is on some of your lives. It's on all of your lives if you believe it. I was at my barber shop the other day and he says, I saw a thing on his wall that said, if you speak it, it will happen. And so you start preaching to yourself, the best days are ahead of me. You start preaching to yourself, things are gonna get better, things are gonna change. Those things will begin to change. There's life and death and the power of the tongue. I got that from you, Travis. I mean, it's in the Bible, but I took that from you. And so, I was talking to uh, Travis yesterday, uh, Kristen, it was kind of funny. It, it was, wasn't funny when it happened, but it's funny now. But Kristen and Travis, they're friends of ours, and um, Travis is in a wedding today that I'm officiating. We're friends. We do, life, we do everything together. We eat together and hang out together. We're doing weddings together now, and it's great. Um, one of us can do each other's funeral if you want. It doesn't matter. Whichever one goes first. All right. <laughs> he said me go first. That's rude. And... Um, that's how it typically works, though. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm just kidding. So uh, I was he was telling me, you know, we were teaching our kids that there's life and death in the power of the tongue. And um, he said, and so, you know, we were done having kids with our, with our two oldest, and he, we're, we were done having kids. And he said, we're, they were talking, and they said, Mom and Dad, um, we, we believe that. We believe that. We believe that. And kind of let it go. And he said, good. I'm, you know, they're learning what I'm, I'm saying to them. And so Travis and Kristen were trying to figure out if they were done having kids. And... Um, they weren't done, apparently, because they had a third child, and the little, their two little kids ran up to me and said, yes, you know that verse in the Bible that says there's life and death in the power of the tongue? We've been praying that we'd have another brother or sister. And he said, so now we believe, and Travis is like, dang it. And he said, so his kids spoke that, his two oldest kids spoke his youngest child into existence. We just want you to know we're glad you're here today. Uh, you're welcome, Jerwanda. I was talking to a friend of mine today that I just met, and, and I just said, you don't have to believe what we believe to belong here. We're just glad you're here today. If you're going through a situation in your life and you just want some friends to do life with you, we'll, we'll be those friends with you. And there's a lot of visitors in here today. And I, I, I think that is to say that school is about to start. Some of you guys are here today just so you can pray up so you don't kill your kids on the first day of school. You're like, God, please let them get up. I woke trip up today, my five-year-old, and I said, hey, it's time to go to church. Why do I have to get up so early? I said, it could be worse, son. Get up. Shook him around a little bit softly, but enough so he knew I was mean in business and there's a lot of new people in here today. I'm glad you guys are here today. And um, a lot of friends of ours are here today that are here that are just visiting and checking us out for the first time. We're, just, we're glad you guys are here today. We, we got room for more friends here. Hey, we're about to go into a, a season called community groups. And um, what happens in community groups is we kind of hang out. We do dinner together. We laugh together. We, we hang out and we do Bible studies in homes or we meet in, in restaurants or we go walking and talking together or, or we meet up for guys or hang out or girl hang out. So that's coming up. It starts at the end of August. So be ready. Be, be checking in with us on, on email. Get those emails. I know some of you guys are like, what's email? We, we still send them. And um, if that's too old school for you, it'll be on social media. You can find out ways to plug. You can just let us know on, on, on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram that you're coming. We want you to know there's a place for everyone in here today. And if you've never been to a community group, you're like, is it weird and cultish? It's not. It's not cultish. It is weird. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's not weird or cultish. It's awesome. You have a good time. We want you to come and hang out with us. 
And, um, and the last but not least, I just believe in here today that some of you guys are going through something and you just want someone to pray with you about it, and, and we're here for that. Every single week we get these cards that say connection card on them, and on the back there's a spot to write a prayer request. And we just joined with so many, over the last almost year, September's almost our birthday, we're so excited about having our first birthday. But um, yeah, he's excited with us, and so we're very, very excited about that. But over the course of this last 9, 10, 11 months, we've been praying for so many people, we've been seeing miracles happen because of prayer. And so if you're going through the darkest days of your life and you want someone to join with you and pray with that, pray with you about that, we want to. Or if you're just like, man, you're just sky high because something great just happened in your life and you want us just to thank God with you, we'll thank God with you. And so let us know about that on this connection card. And uh, we want to make sure that we can celebrate with you and, and, and party with you and, and, or, and or pray with you. This week we start a series called Friending. And um, for some of you guys that are younger, you're like, cool, because I really want more friends on Facebook. And so this is going to be great. I need to get this. And this is not a series on how to get more friends on Facebook. If you have questions about how to use Facebook, see Michelle or Travis and Chris, and they will help you with social media. They're experts at it. But this is not a, this is not a series about how to use your social media better. And um, if you need help with social, using your social media better, um, we can help you with that. And if you don't use social media yet and you know what that means, just find someone around you who looks to be about 15, and they'll explain to you what social media is. You're going to love it. And um, you can actually connect with people without even seeing them face-to-face. And it happens over a thing called internet. And so they'll explain that to you. But we want you to know that we're glad you're here today. And we want you to know that we're in this new series called Friending. And uh, face, I want to give you a definition um, for the word friending. I think they may have it for you guys up there. Um, so you can, this is the FBV translation. A friend is someone you may or may not know well who accepts your friend request on Facebook. This person is born to like and comment on your post to make you feel good about yourself. Proverbs 17, 17, that is the Facebook version. Obviously, that is not the definition of friend, but we think it is. If I walked up to some of your kids in here today or some of your friends, or maybe some of you, how many friends do you have? I got 3,132. I was like, I ain't talking about Facebook. I'm talking about real, I'm talking about people that actually know your name, you know, and people that actually, actually knew that it was your birthday, not because Facebook told them it was your birthday. Like real friends, or some of you guys say, how many friends you got? You'd say, I have 238. On, on, and, and, on, on the average post, I get about 25 to 30 likes, so that's probably about my friend base. I probably got about 30, I got about 30 friends, Wes, or maybe, you, maybe I'll say, how, how many friends you got? You'd say, oh, on Twitter I have, and we, it's, it's sad, it, it's funny, and it's sad, but as a generation, we kind of value our friends based upon social media says about our friends. And, and, and as, you, as you get older, and as some of us are getting older, and, and, and our church, we're a young church, so if you're, if you're my age, I just turned 34 last week, once you're, once you're older than 34, yeah, that's kind of like the, that starts to be the tipping point to where we're kind of getting on the old side. Now, I'm in there with you guys, and so don't feel like, oh man, this guy's a jerk, but the good news is if you're 50 or 60, you're lumping up with some 34-year-olds, you know what I'm saying? You're with the young people. But I realize in this church, we, we look at social media, and it's not a bad thing. It's a really good thing. We love technology, and we love social media, and we, don't even, we, we actually like when you like our stuff. But reality is that we've become to base our friendships, and our friending is based upon what social media says is our friends. So if we get likes or comments, we, are, we're, are, we got friends. And so what we'll do is we'll take a phone out, and we'll take, our, we'll take a picture of something, and we'll post that picture. And then once we wait, and we'll, we'll, we'll put our phone down, and about 16 seconds later, we'll open up and see if we got any likes. And we're laughing because it's true. And so, and that's all this, oh man, did I get me likes? I mean, likes of that. Or, or maybe some of you guys, or maybe sometimes you'll be like me, I'm like, man, if I post a picture of the twins, there's going to be a lot of likes. Because people are just excited that I haven't killed them yet, you know? And they're like, they're going to like that. That's like, hey, good job, Wes. They're still alive, you know? And, or maybe if you, you, there's a thing, maybe some, how, I'm not going to ask. Some of you guys, you, you're, you don't mind posting foodies. Those are selfies of food. You know, you just take pictures of, of 
food. And, and so that's, that's your thing. And you want people to know what you had for breakfast. They don't care, but you want them to know what you had for breakfast. And, and, and maybe some of you guys, you nice restaurants or whatever it is your thing, but we're all posting. If we get likes, we're doing really good in the friend zone. We're doing really good in this whole, I'm, I'm, Wes, I'm crushing friending. I got like 35 likes yesterday. It took two days to get all of them, but I got all of them, Wes. I'm doing really, 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 really well. But the reality is that we think that Facebook kind of gives us our idea or our identity as, a, as, as friends, but the Bible actually gives us a definition of friend. And Proverbs 17, 17 says this, a friend actually loves at all times. That's hard for us to get our arms around. Could you imagine having a friend that actually loved you all the time? That would be awesome, wouldn't it? The Bible says that, a, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. A brother is born for a time of adversity. A friend loves you at all times. I had a friend say me at, today, and she, she brought her friend, and she came to our church. She goes to another church, but she came to our church today because she wanted to bring her friend here. That's a good friend. Uh, today I posted, hey, we're starting series on friending. Why don't you bring one of your friends? It's, it's good when you... When you, when you can bring your friends to church, that, that's a good thing. Hey, we're just, we're just glad you're here. Hey, you got you to come check it out. That's a good friend to come across town and get her friend and say, hey, that's a good friend. Let me tell you what else is a good friend. I got a text message this week. Um, I had a friend of mine that I went to high school with. Um, her, her brother um, took his life, 30-ish years old. And my mom called me and said, hey, can you go and pray with them before we leave on vacation? Can you go and, can you go and pray with them? I said, yeah, I can go, go and pray with them. So I went over there and I, and I prayed with them. And I thought I was being a good friend because, you know, a lot of times it's easy for us to shoot a text message. Hey, praying for you. If you've ever done that before. Some of you guys, you live your relationships thumb to thumb, thumb to screen. Or maybe if you're a slow pecker, you just, or maybe some of you guys are still using a keyboard for Facebook. They have, it's on the phone too. It's amazing. It's a little bit easier. <laughs> but I, someone said the other day, like, the average, like, like 90% of people you do all their work from their cell phone now. 10% of people are still using desktops. And so she said, can you go by there? And I'm like, it's so easy for us to say, hey, hey, praying for you. Hey, best days are ahead of you. Hope things work out. But I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go over there. My mom, I went because my mom told me to go. Let's be honest. When your mom tells you to do something, you do it, you know. It just makes sense. You live longer when you listen to your parents, students. It's in the Bible somewhere. And so I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go. My mom wants me to go. I'll go by there and I'll pray. So I go over there and I pray for this family. You know what's sad? I was at that same exact house about seven years prior to that seven or eight years prior to that time, same house. This kid took his life. He's about my age, took his life on Tuesday. I was at that same exact house seven years prior to because that kid was a younger guy now. He's, he's my age. He's, he's that adult. Six years prior to that, he had, he had a wife and he had two kids and they were moving. And he was in the car with his, his daughter who was about six at that time, six or seven at that time. And then they were in the U-Haul moving down south and his wife was behind him with his little baby son in the car. And he got off the exit and realized his wife didn't make it yet. Well, he, he got to the house, didn't see his turn back around and come back to find his wife. When he found back, he found his car, his wife's car, completely smashed by a semi. And he lost his daughter, he lost his son and, and his wife six years ago. Six years later, he's taken his own life. And I've been, that's two times I've been to these people's houses. And I'm, I, I, they're lifelong friends, but I've been to their house two times, right by my, right by my house. And it's so sad, and that's why I told you today, I mean, write these prayer requests down, because we want to pray for you, and life happens. My wife said to you guys, hey, life happens. Tough things happen. I said to you guys last week, but if you've been alive long enough, you realize life is hard. So that was, that was, that was their, their scenario. So I was like, man, I'm being a good friend. I didn't text him. I actually went there. But I was with my sister yesterday, and it was her best friend's brother that took his life, and 
They have another best friend. Her name is Michelle. She's actually driving from Alabama to come and see her friend. That's a, that's a good friend. It's easier to go to your friend's birthday parties. That's easy. Free food, free drinks. You're like, why wouldn't I go? It's easy to go to a wedding. But you find out what your real friends are when you go through tragedy. And maybe you're in here today, you're like, man, I, I, if, I had to, had to call, if I had to call two or three people, I couldn't even come up with two or three people to call. Wes, I couldn't even come up with, if I went through a tragedy, that house was full of people. A girl driving from Alabama. Some of you guys are like, I don't even have, I, don't, I, I got friends that won't even drive 10 minutes to meet me for coffee. I just don't have, they don't have time for it. And so I want to bring back, I, I want to bring back friending. I want, to, I want you and I as a, as a community, as when we go out of here, and even inside this building, when we go out of this building, I, I want us to make sure that we're, we're mastering the art of friending. I want to make sure that if we're going to go out and be friends with people, I want to make sure that we are first ourselves are doing it right. That we're not living our lives based upon social media likes. We actually can have face-to-face conversations. We can go out and actually be friends. Sociolog- sociologists, say, sociologists say that the average person has two close friends. Two close friends. How many of you guys would say that, that feels pretty accurate? Two close friends. Kind of you can walk through the hardest times of life. And obviously the older the, the, the crowd in here today, the more the hands are raised. Because young people, we're like, well, I got 20 friends. I got 25 friends. I got, I got, I got 1,355 friends on Facebook. Those are my real friends. So our, as you get older, you realize your definition of friend actually is, a, is, is different. It's hard to find two or three really, really good friends. You know what's sad about that? And the, the, the sociologists said that two and a half decades ago, the average person used to have five friends. Two and a half, 25 years ago, the average person had five friends. Makes sense. Some of you guys haven't lived long enough to be able to make sure that's a valid statement or not, but I, I have, and, and, I, and I was thinking about my, some of my, my, fr- my, my mom's friends. I, I was thinking, man, did she have, and I can, I can list my mom's five friends, and she's been the same five friends for 25 years. Now some of us are like, we just got one friend. We got two friends, and that's all that we have. But if we were honest in here today, we'd probably all say, man, I want, I'd, like, I'd like, to have, like to have some good friends. I'd love to have some more, some more friends, Maybe you don't have, a, maybe you have one friend, I got more friends, or maybe it's, I, mean, I, like, I like to have the right kind of friends. I, I'm around a bunch of people. These famous people, when they make it big, they have to actually, when you, when, you, when you get rich, you actually start paying people to hang out with you. That's why they go bankrupt after they leave sports, because they have all these people on their payroll to hang out with them. Man, but don't we want some, no, if we're all here today, we'd say, man, I want, some, I want some real friends. I'd love to be able to call someone and say, hey, man, I'm just having a tough day. Or, hey, man, guess what? I got a raise at my job. And even that's tricky because it's, if you don't have the right kind of friends, you call them and say, hey, man, i got to raise them on the job. They're like, oh, everything good happens to you. I hang up on the phone with you. It's so tough. And that's, that's the whole social media thing. We the reason why uh, the, these guys say the reason why we don't have a lot of friends nowadays is because of, it's really because of social media is kind of the trend for how we do friendships. You know what's crazy? I read it whenever Mark Zuckerberg started, Zuckerberg, whenever he started Facebook, you know what he, the reason why he started it is because he wanted the world to have authentic relationships. It's what he wanted. And he was onto something. And it wasn't bad. It's, not, it's awesome that we can connect the world. It's awesome. That's, that's amazing. But it has it, made friendships, but they've, it, they've, had, they've actually changed the definition of friendship. And the authentic has kind of slipped out of there. So I want us to get to the place in our life where we actually have authentic relationships. The kind of friends that say that love us all the time and that we're born for adversity, I, I want to say one, a couple of things as an introduction statement that you are, 
as a youth pastor, I used to always say this, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Did you know this? You are the average of your five closest people in your life. You're the average of that. Think about it. You're the average of all. If all of your friends are doing well, there's a good chance you're probably somewhere in the category of doing well. If your five closest friends are, are Christians and they're going to church and they're here today, you're, you're, that's, you're the average of them. If you have, if you have friends that they're financially, they, they make good decisions. They make good, you make good decision after good decision after good decision. If you have friends that make good decisions, you're typically going to start to, that's going to rub off on you. Last night we went out to eat with the Garmin's and the Garmin's use a, use a they're, they're just, they're smart with their money. And, and I use a thing called Dave Ramsey and Derek who leads worship here. He got me on Dave Ramsey and I don't know if they use Dave Ramsey, but the whole Dave Ramsey principle is this, is that you just, you, when you get your paycheck every week and, and Justin, you lawyer on it and, and a handful of you guys, you, what, you get your paycheck on whatever day you get it on and you take whatever money out that you're actually going to spend over the next five days or the next two weeks. And when you run out, that's all you have. And so I have a gas budget that I have, and I spend the same amount of gas. I get the same amount of gas money every single week. I get a food, a food allowance. It's the same food allowance every single week for the last probably four or five years. The same exact. I get the same amount. Same amount. I get, I, for me, I get dry clean every two weeks every, or twice a month. I, it's the same number all the time. And so last night we went out to eat with the Garmin's, and, and Amy said, well, I'm already out of my envelope money for food. <laughs> What happens with that is you get in your car. It's crazy. This is typically what America does is, well, I'll just put it on my credit card. But with someone who's financially sound, what they do is they get in their car and they go home and they eat ramen noodles. I'm just kidding. Well, they go home and they, they eat at, at home. And, um, and you can say, oh, man, the garments, man, they must, be in a, they must be in financial straits. They're not in financial straits. Don't be like, pray for them. Don't be like, oh, hey, man, here's some money. I heard you guys can't afford dinner. But what happens is when you budget, you just do what your budget tells you to do. Or you let your money just take you wherever it goes. And you just go where your money goes. But he said, oh, we, we have, we budget. So, yeah, people that are, if, people are, if, you're, if you're always laughing and joking around, probably your five closest friends, you guys are always partying, having a good time together. And you are the closest. You're the sum total of, of your five closest friends. And so here's what I want for you guys the next, the next couple of weeks. And it's important, it, and, and you guys know this, it's important who you run with matters. You want to know why I know it matters? It matter, if you have kids in here today, you tell your kids that. Because my parents told me that. Back then, it was old fogey, old school. Like, that's old school mom and dad. But as I get older, I realize, man, you are. You are the average of your five closest friends. The friends that I thought I was high school with, they were my best friends. We're going to be best friends forever. No one's going to separate us. I realize now at 34, I don't have any of those friends anymore. We've got some really, really, really good friends now. But because, we, but because we use the definition that the Bible uses for friendship. And for us as a community, we really try our best to use this Bible as our guiding stone as our direction for life. You want to know why it's safe to tr- use this Bible? Whether you're a Christian or not, I had a friend tell me today, she goes, I'm really not a God person. And I was like, good, that's fine. Totally cool. Is it okay from here? Absolutely. We just use this. You want to know why we use this? Because this is, this is going to stay the same. Facebook might go away and we might have to actually start talking to people again. <laughs> it's going to be nuts. Travis and I are good. We don't, we'll, talk to, we'll talk to everybody. Some of you guys will have no problem. Some of you guys will be like, this will be great. A lot of us in here today, when our phone rings, you're like, why didn't they text me? How old is this person calling me, you know? Why aren't they? But if you follow culture, it'll be hard for you to stay up with what's, the culture's going to change. It's just going to be different. This stays the same. 
You can, by the way, if you're here saying, like, man, I'm not a Christian. Everything your wife was saying, Diana was up here saying and singing, I, I don't believe that. That's totally fine. But even if you weren't a Christian, this is a great book just to follow. I mean, it's consistent. It, it hasn't changed. It's just, it has been the same forever. We believe it, it's alive. We believe it's God's word. John 1 says, in the beginning was God, and, and, it was, and, and in, be, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God. The Bible tells us that. So we believe it. But it's just a good book to follow. So I want to give you some principles today that I think it's gonna, that, will, that will take your friendship game to a whole nother level. Taking our friendship game to a whole nother level. Here's how, if you're going to be a friend, here's the first thing. You actually have to be present. You actually have to be, you've heard the phrase, be all there. Last night my wife was telling someone, telling the garments, you know, we, it'd be nice if we got in bed at the same, same exact time and we just put our phones on our nightstands, but we don't. We'll get in bed, the first thing we do is we like, and then my wife said to me, she, she said to them, she's like, sometimes, she, I don't know, I don't really, I might take this out of context, but I don't remember, but sometimes she's like, well, you just want me to put your, she, she says to me, you just want, you, she was telling them, I, Wes wants to, Wes wants me to put his phone, put my phone down because his Facebook feed's boring. I was offended. <clears throat> But we've got to be all there. If we're going to be the kind of friends that the Bible says that are friends there at all the time, and they're there all the time, and they're there for the good times, but they're also there for the adversity and for the tough times, we actually have to be all there. That's a hard concept for us to, to gather. I'm doing a wedding today, and they want me to go up. The first thing they want me to say when I start the wedding off is, please put all your cell phones away, turn them off, and put them in your pocket. That's the first thing they want me to say. I'm going to be the bad guy at this wedding, which I hate being the bad guy. That's how they want me to start the wedding off. I'm like, that's going to be awesome for the video, you know? And, but the reality is we, we've got to be present. And that's a hard thing for us because we have, these, we have these computers that we walk around in our hand, and we're always on them. The other day we drove an hour. Taylor, Taylor watched our kids for us, but we drove an hour to see some of our closest friends. And we had dinner with them for two or three hours. We got back in the car and we drove, drove away for that, for that hour. And, and I don't know, I think he left his cell phone in his car because he always is on that phone. And I think he knew, if I bring my phone in, I'm going to be on my phone the whole entire time. But if we're going to be the kind of friends that we're called to be, the kind of friends that, that Proverbs um, 17, 17 says, that um, where iron sharpens iron, and, 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 and these friends, that, I'm sorry, that's wrong verse, but a friend loves all the time, and a brother's born, if we're going to be those kind of friends, we actually have to be all there. We have to be there. We have to be, we have to be all there. Maybe for some of us in here today, we have to do the art of leaving our cell phone in the car. Or when we go into our house, we have to leave our phone on the, right when you walk in the door. If not, work can, with these phones, work can go everywhere with you. Social media can go everywhere with you. But if you're going to have relationships that God has for you, God has some amazing, amazing relationships planned for you. But you might miss them by being on your phone. We see people all the time walking into, we saw a girl walk into a manhole because she, she's on her phone. We see people run off the roads because they're on their phones. And I don't want you to think I'm a hypocrite. I was on my phone driving the other day, and some, guy, some lady walked by me, and she's like, so I chased her down, got in front of her, and <laughs> ran her off the road in the minivan, just swerved over, and just rolled her window down after the road. And I said, Jesus loves you. God bless you. And I kept going. No, I'm just kidding. But man, we've got to be present. The Bible tells us this in, um, in Hebrews. It says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love. And good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but let us encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Jesus knew 
that we would be so busy with technology, so busy with work, so busy with life, so busy chasing the kids around from sport thing to sport thing to sport thing that he said, hey, let us not forsake getting together and being present when we're there. And he, God knew that. Isn't it amazing that he knew that? <laughs> he knew that. Makes, this, this is one more step why God's real because he knew thousands of years ago that we were going to be so busy going so fast that he would need to remind us, hey, guys, don't forget that we're actually called to love people and to encourage each other and love each other. But it's hard to do that when we're on our, on our phone. Have you ever met someone that they're great encouraging? They're really, really encouraging on social media, but they're like terrible face-to-face. Like, and if that's you, then you hang on with social media and you encourage the heck out of people. If that's your skill set, because I think that's great. If you're an introvert, I think social media can be a great tool. Or if you're extroverted, it can be a great tool. There's people in here today, they came because they got a Facebook invite, because they got a sponsored Facebook post. That's, and that's fine. But we're called to be there for each other. We're called to actually be present. We're actually be there to encourage each other and to love each other and actually and be there. Like, what do I do when I get with people? You ought to encourage them. We want, we, we want you to be around people so you can be encouraged. We've already established that life is hard. So what happens when life is hard if you have no friends? When you're depressed, who's going to pick you up if you have no friends? If you need a ride to work and you, your tire's flat, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. That won't work. You, gotta, you need a friend. You need to have a friend in your life. You've got to have some friends in your life that are there with you, the kind of friends that stick close to you, the kind of friends that are always there for you. And I know this is hard today, and let me go ahead and address this part, and then I'll jump back into my, what I came to say. I know it's hard to, to be, I know it's hard to be present. I know it's hard to have relationships. You know what, you know what's hard? Because people have, have shafted us so many times. I get burnt. Every time I'm friends with someone, I get burnt. And here's what, here's what I can tell you. I, we've all been burnt before. I can tell you, how many, if you don't have five friends, I can say to you, how many of you guys can name five people that burned you? And we would all shoot our hands up. How you guys were burnt yesterday by a friend? We all have that. We all have a friend that burnt us, every single one of us. And what happens is, well, we, we'll build a wall. We take out some bricks and we start building a wall between us and them. And then we build a wall between them. Once we build a wall between us and them, we begin to build a wall between us and other people. And we don't trust anybody. We don't trust anyone. I have a friend here today. Her name is Lauren. And it's, it's crazy. I, I realize I'm getting old um, because Lauren was in my youth group in Jacksonville when I first started back in 2000. 2000, 2000 we started, right? I met her in 2002, 2003. No, graduate 04. I met her in 05. So here we are, 11, 12 years later, and she's now coming back. And I, I, she's been at the Bible college that she went to, and I, I hope to think that we kind of encourage her to go to that Bible college. And she's there now. She's moving back into the city to, to be a church planner. But you know what I know about, about her that you guys don't know? I remember when I first met her and where I see her at today. And she's, because she's a total different person. She trusts people and she hangs out with people, but she's present in people's lives and people are present in her life. And that's the kind of friend that you want to have. But you got to begin to trust again. I know that's hard, but you got to be, begin to trust again. Just take baby steps. I know it's easy for you to say, easy, it's easy for you to say, Wes. It's not easy for me to say because I've been shafted before too. I've had someone pull away from me before too. I've had someone discourage me before too. I've had someone share my secrets before too. I've had someone talk bad about me before too. But that can't stop you. 
can't stop you. And so you, if we're going to be the church that God's called us to be, that we've got to be, and we're going to be the friends that God's called us to be, that we've got to be present. Here's the second thing. We got to be open. You got to get open. You got to, you got to open yourself up. You got to begin to get talking. I have another friend here today and, and her name is, is Linda. And she, when I first met her, she was like, I don't, I'm not trusting anybody. But I see the growth in her life. She's beginning to trust people again. And when you begin to open up and you begin to be, trust people, when you begin to trust people, you can begin to help other people. You can help people go through the tough days because you yourself have been through the tough days. But if you don't, if you're not present, then you'll never be able to be open. And I guess, what does be open mean? The Bible says this in James chapter 5, verse 16. Confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other so that you can be healed. You're like, wait a minute. Are you going to ask us at the very end to start standing up and start telling everyone our sins? And I'm not going to ask you to do that. I'm going to make you do it. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to ask you to do that. But there's, here's what, I was at this camp last week and I was talking through this, this, this kind of same exact thing. When you begin to open up with people, you actually begin to be freed. And you know what people want when they come to Hope Church? You, you want to be freed. You want to be freed. You'll never, if, if you carry all of your stuff, you'll never ever be freed. And here's the bad news about that. If you don't ever open up to anybody else, they're not going to open up to you. And so you, you carry your problem and it stops you from being able to help other people. And, and I'll be honest with you guys today. I, I mean, this, I'm so passionate about this. This is like, this is like one of my favorite topics. This is like a no brainer. If you're a Christian here today and you do know Jesus, our job that God has given all of us is to help set people free. That's our job. Our job is to help set people free. One out of one people's job in this room in here today, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, your job is to help set people free, every single one of us. So my question for you today is, are you helping set people free? Or are you like, no, I can't because I'm not qualified to set people free. The good news in here today is that one out of one of you in here today, you're called to set people free and no one's qualified. <laughs> like that's encouraging, Wes. It's true. None of us are qualified to set people free. Every time I get up here, I walked in saying, lady goes, you're the pastor, aren't you? I'm like, oh my goodness, what did I say? <laughs> what, did you, what did I do? I'm not qualified to do this. I'm not qualified to help set people free. No one's qualified. But you know what we all are? We're all called to do it. We're all called to set people free. The Bible actually tells us God's given us the ministry of reconciliation. He's called us to set, is called to help set people free. But if we're not present and we're not open, we're never even gonna get a shot at setting people free. I wrote down this quote that I heard this week. We may impress people with our strengths. You ever meet somebody like, man, that guy's he's crushing it. Man, they're crushing it. We may impress people with our strengths, but we connect with people through our weaknesses. My best conversations I've ever had with people in this room here today, or people, period, is when I've been able to share my weaknesses. Wes, you have weaknesses? Absolutely. As many as everybody else does. And, we, and I say this at our church every weekend. My sisters, I was on vacation with my, with my family this past weekend. They know all my one-liners. So they said, man, they, they said six or seven times this week. We all have hurts, habits, and hang-ups, Pastor Wes. <laughs> it's weird when your, kids, when, your, when your siblings call you pastor. And, but you know what? In this room here today, we all have hurts, habits, and hang-ups. One out of one people in this room, yeah, you have this thing that hurts you. 
that you may or may not want to share with other people, but it hurts you. But if we don't get, if we're not with people and present people and we don't get open, we're never ever going to be able to help these people heal. And people are counting on us, the church, to help them heal. You're like me, Wes. Yeah, people are counting on, people are counting on you. You don't even know who they are yet. They're counting on you to help them heal. But if we're not open and we're not transparent and present, we'll never, ever be able to help them heal. I, my biggest, my biggest, biggest thing in my whole entire life is I've always wanted people to like me. That's all I've ever wanted. And so if people didn't like me or if I thought people were gonna make fun of me, I would get them first. I'm sarcastic. If you hang out with me, I, every other thing I say to Amy is sarcastic. I'm sarcastic, I'm a sarcastic piece of work. Pray for me. It's my mechanism. If I think someone's gonna make fun of me growing up in high school, or if I thought someone's gonna get me, or if I saw, I was a wordsmith, I would make fun of them. I could crush anybody. I was, I mean, you can imagine, I was with my siblings for three days. We made fun of each other like every other sentence. It's kind of what we do. Joke around, we have a good time. That's, all, that's, that's what I do. But I, when I, I, as I got older, I realized now, man, I, and, and, and people like me and people like you for different reasons, but what I have found to be true is that when you open up with your weaknesses, the relationships become so much more authentic. And that's what we all, you want an authentic relationship. You want that. I want that, and you want that. We all want authentic relationships. Some of you don't yet, but you were made to want them. I'm good, Wes, I'm good on the friend category. I'm I'm better off without any friends. You're not, that we're gonna talk about next week, you're one friend away from a different life. The week after that, we're gonna talk about you're one community away. One friend away, one community away. We, God may, you can't tell me what you don't need because I already read this book and I already know what you need. You want to, you were made to have, to, to want and to need authentic relationships from the very first book in the Bible. In Genesis chapter one, the Bible says, let us make man in our image. God himself was a community and he made you a community being. You, that's what you want. You're like, okay, man, I'm glad he told me what I wanted. I mean, why didn't you tell me that? You want authentic relationships. I obviously believe this. You'll hear me say this all the time, but I want to make sure I pair it the right way and Every one of you in here today, we all, we all were made to need and want God. The problem with that is that sometimes when God's not, we, we, sometimes we feel like we can't get a hold of God. <laughs> and God knew that. And so that's why he put the person to your left or right of you. Because he, he knew that he would have to actually put Jesus inside of people on flesh and, and flesh and bone to be able to be the encouragement, to be the help that you need. Because you, when you thought you couldn't get a hold of Jesus, he wanted you to know that he could, so he put people in your life. That's why he did that. That's why God, you're like, oh man, God put me in, people, God put me in their life because I'm awesome. You probably are awesome. But the greatest gift you can give somebody is actually you. I like gifts. That's my love language. My first love language is gifts. My second love language is gifts. And my third one is gifts. I love gifts. I got a birthday card last week and it said, it was from a friends of ours, Caitlin Bell, to our materialistic pastor. <laughs> That's all he signed the card. It's, I get no respect around here. And, um, but the greatest, and I, I like that, but you know what I like more is I, I love relationships. So let me give you a good example and then I'll, I'll be done. Fraley and Brooke are in here today. And they're some of our, they've become some of our closest friends. Brooke just gave me that look like, you better watch it. you say young man. <laughs> We will not go out to eat with you every Sunday night ever again. Um, 
I knew Fraley and Brooke ten. I, I knew I knew Fraley and Brooke ten years ago. Went to high school with, with, with Fraley. And when I first met Fraley, Fraley said, "Don't ask." And I, I, I first met Fraley. So ten years, fast forward ten years ago, I'm starting Hope Church. I went to Fraley and I said, "Fraley, I want you to come be part of our church." No thanks. I don't do God and I don't do church anymore. I already made that commitment. His mom's here today. It's fitting that she's here today, and she's been praying for him for ten years. And I don't do God in church. He goes, "But hey, here's I got a, I got a good idea. I can get you some other people." I'm like, "Who can you get?" He goes, "I can give you my wife. She'll go to church. <laughs> She'll go to your church." So I was like, "Great." So we go to dinner. What are they again? And, Freddie says to Diana, I don't need God. I don't need, I don't need church. I'm, I'm good. I don't, I don't need to go. I'm going to go be around church people. I'm good. I'm, we're good. I'm good. I'm good. But Brooke will go. So they promised me they would come to the very first Sunday. And they didn't. And I've gotten over that. Because they were coming off of a cruise. I don't, know if, I don't know what kind of cruise it was. I'm not judging them for what cruise it was. They were just on a cruise. And so they couldn't they quite have their legs underneath. I'm just kidding. So they, they didn't come the first weeks, but they came the very next week. They came week two. And in 10 months, 11 months, how long we've been going, they've only missed two or three times. And apparently he's a God guy again. He's a church guy again. But you know what we spend, when we're, with, when we're with them all the time and they have lots of kids and we have too many kids pray for us. And you know what we, our best conversations, our best conversation was last time we hung out, but our best conversation when we talk about their weaknesses. That's our best conversations. Would you guys agree with that? Because then they can heal because they got some junk in their life. And Diana, we got junk in our life. So whenever we can talk to them, it's like, it's like free counseling. It's amazing. We love it. And so we help them and they help us. I, my friends Jess and Eloy are here today and I helped them move their stuff out. And, and one of the things I said to them, we were talking about just their life growing up. And I said, I told Jess and Eloy, they, they, have an, they have an awesome marriage. And I said, it's, a, it's amazing you guys are still married together. Because of your makeup and your makeup, it's, a, it's amazing that you guys are still going at it and making, you know, and, 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 and it, it, you guys look, it looks good. You know, I don't know if it is or not, but it looks, you know, it's, it's amazing. They're still, they're, they work at it. They work it. But our greatest conversations have been about their weaknesses, about the things that they weren't. Good. I've learned so much from Deb, Debbie and Randy. I'm so glad they're back. I won't tell you guys how long they've been gone for, but I've been counting and um, I'm glad they're back. And um, our greatest conversations are when Debbie says, oh, let me tell you about Randy. Tell you what Randy needs to fix. I love that. And Randy has nothing bad to say about Debbie. I don't even know what the deal is. But our greatest conversations when we're, when Di and I are with Randy is like, we just talk about, man, I just, hey, how are you? And they check on me. How are you doing? We talk about, man, I'm, here's what I'm struggling with. Those are our greatest conversations. Our greatest connectivity comes when we talk about our weaknesses. That comes with hanging out with them, being around them, and then being open. Hey, man, let's change the way we do this thing. Let's change the way we friend. For the people that are in this room and for the people that are out there dying and they don't even know where they're going to spend eternity at. Let's do it for, for the people around us. And let's do it for the people that are outside these walls. They're looking for something different. And we have it. His name is Jesus. The Bible tells us that there's not a greater love, there's not a greater friend than someone that would lay his life down. And that person that laid his life down for everyone in this room here today, his name is Jesus. And he needs to be your first and, and, and primary best friend. My wife behind me, she'll tell you the, the, the number one person in her life is not me, it's Jesus. Close second, this guy. Pray for her. <laughs> and same thing for me, Jesus is first in my life and Diana's second. And if I forget that, she reminds me. Man, I don't know where you're at today in, in, this, in this whole scheme, in this whole scheme of things, but some of you guys in here tell you, all you, you, the first step for you is you need a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's your first step. 
And then some of you guys in here today, you've been building up the, you've been building the walls and it's, today's a day where you can kick the walls down and you are gonna love it. You're gonna get freed of things that you're carrying. And what's gonna be so awesome is that as soon as you, as soon as you get freed of what you're carrying, the very next person you're gonna see, this is not, this isn't a prophetic word, it's just reality. The next person you're gonna see is someone that you get to get freed, that you get to help them free. And you're gonna love it, and they're gonna love it. Let's free some people. Let's be freed, and freed people, free people. Let's trade in today our chains of bondage, and let's accept freedom, and let's go out there and just be conduits of freedom for people. Let's be hope dealers. This is deal hope all day long. Hey, we wanna encourage you. Hey, we wanna love you, we wanna encourage you. We wanna love you, we wanna encourage you. We wanna love you, we wanna encourage you. Let me buy that meal for you. Let me love you, let me encourage you. People want that from us. They want that from not only us, they want it from you. Everyone's looking for an authentic relationship. Everyone is. Because they know, and what God knew, is that it would free them when they found it. Let me have you bow your head and close your eyes.